So I found the house of my dreams and I'm ready to make an offer, but I've got a house to sell first. Do I just wait till I sell my house first and then make an offer? What if another buyer comes in and buys the house from under me? Can I make an offer contingent upon my home selling? We're gonna be looking at that today. I'm Eric Hutchinson, and this is the Real Estate Talk NWA podcast. Really excited, I've got my friends here with me, and we're gonna be looking at contingencies, and before we get into that, we're also gonna be looking at how many houses are for sale in Northwest Arkansas. So let's get into it, shall we? So I've already introduced myself. Let's go around and just introduce yourself again. Hello, everyone. My name is Cole Eady. I'm a realtor here with Hutchinson Realty. And me and my wife have lived here for almost five years now. Welcome, Cole. Hi, my name is Sandy Wellesley. I'm an executive broker here at Hutchinson Realty. And um, I have been in the real estate industry since October of 2000. Thank you guys for coming and joining me once again. So before we get into our topic of discussion, Cole, I've asked you to go over how many houses are for sale in Northwest Arkansas. And I always have to clarify by saying that Northwest Arkansas encompasses a lot of land and a lot of people. And we're only going to be looking at the five largest towns. We're going to be looking at Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville, and Bella Vista. So uh, those are in Benton and Washington counties, but there's a whole lot of surrounding areas that we will not be covering. And we're also covering only single family residential houses, no townhouses, no mobile homes, no land, just single family residential property. And these are active listings that have not sold yet. But if you are listening and you're looking for a home, this kind of gives you an idea of how many homes are for sale. So Cole, why don't you take us through that? Yes, sir. Thank you, Eric. Okay, guys. So first we'll start with Bella Vista. Uh, currently there is 165 homes for sale. 95 are new and 70 are resale. Uh, right now they're going up they're being listed for $200 a square foot and they've been days on market 35 days. Next, we'll go to Bentonville. There are 230 homes for sale. 111 are new. 119 are resale. They're going for $199 a square foot and it's been on the market 64 days. Next, we'll go to Rogers. There are currently 130 houses for sale. 22 are new and 108 are resale. They're going for $217 a square foot. Days on market are 56. Next, we'll do Springdale. Currently, there is 138 homes for sale in Springdale. 32 are new. 106 is the resale. It's going for $196 a square foot, and days on market currently is 40. And last but not least, Fayetteville. There are currently 215 homes for sale. 98 are new. 117 is the resale. Currently, it's going at $209 a square foot, and days on market is 56. Well, thanks, Cole. That kind of gives our listeners a an idea of how many houses are for sale. And I always, whenever we hear those numbers, Sandy, I always think of that when I hear, oh, man, $200 a square foot. Man, I, my house is 30 years old, and it's worth $200 a square foot. So is that an accurate statement? Um, not entirely. The numbers that Cole has given are the median uh, prices for the area, which means that there are certainly some that go for more money, but there are also some that go for less money. And so really what you need is a realtor to come to your home and give a market analysis of 
what they think your home might sell for. Absolutely. And by the way, we would like to volunteer for that. If you're listening and you <laughs> would like a, an evaluation of your home, uh, we can do that. I personally would not do that because I'm the owner and the broker, but we have 23 agents that would love to do that. Another thing that I'd like to point out is that these are, whenever statistics, you know, Sandy mentioned that we are looking at the median. So we'll say, what about the averages? Well, sometimes averages are skewed. The fewer numbers that we have, the less accurate averages are. So that's why I like the median. Anytime we're under, you know, 500, uh, normally I say, well, let's look at the median because we have these really high priced homes. In fact, we saw one today in our sales meeting that was over $5,000 a square foot, which was just amazing that a house would even sell close to that. So, but that was downtown Bentonville, I have no doubt. And so anyway, we look at the median and we also need to keep in mind that those houses, there's some of those that are brand new construction, never been lived in. So those are going to sell for more price per square foot than what a resale home was. So just a little clarification on that. You always need a realtor or someone to come out and give you a professional evaluation. So anyway, that uh, tells us a little bit about how many houses are for sale in Northwest Arkansas. And so let's get into our topic. Now, I kind of laid out a scenario, and I know that Sandy has had this experience before because she's been doing business for a really long time. Cole, you may or may not have, and so you may have some questions for us to, to ask, but what if you've got a buyer, and maybe, Cole, we go to you first. If you've got a buyer and they say, hey, we're from California and we're thinking about moving to Northwest Arkansas. We love mountain biking and we're going to, you know, let's look at some houses and you show them some houses and they find the house. They find a house that is absolutely meets their needs. They fall in love with the area. They go, we would love to buy this house, but we haven't put our house in California up for sale. What can we do? Have you ever, you, you, have you ever had that experience? And and what would you do? I mean, does the buyer just have to go back and sell their home first, or how do they do that? Uh, no, sir, I've I've never had that experience. But if, if that was the uh, uh, the instance there for them to do that, they would need to be contingent on the real estate contract for them to sell their home in California first uh, for them to buy a new home in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, do you think we could have a running definition of what contingency is now? So let me. Before we get into that, let's know that there are a bunch of contingencies on our contract. So the first one that comes to mind is on page one, and it says this: uh, if if the buyer is getting a loan, if the buyer it's contingent upon financing. In other words, if they can't get a loan, they can't buy the house. So the, a contingency would be something that has to happen before they can close on this property before they can, a condition has to happen before the end result. So the condition would be they have to get a loan. They have to go through the loan approval. Part of that loan approval process is something that we call an appraisal. And so the offer is also contingent upon a satisfactory appraiser or the appraisal has to appraise for the purchase price. And then there's another really big one that almost every house has. The buyer usually has two weeks to do it. Sandy, you know what I'm talking about? The home inspection. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. And so, uh, in fact, I've even seen some realtors write a contract and they hand write in. There's a blank on item number 35 it's a, it's a, uh, where we can write extra stuff in. They write in, this offer is contingent upon a satisfactory home inspection. But they don't have to do that because... It's already in the contract. 
it's already there and you don't have to write it in. But, you know, we've done that. I mean, I've been a realtor since 2000. And I think from day one, I was taught to write that into the contract. I don't do it anymore, but I sure did then. So, so. I'd like to talk to that teacher. I don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, I was taught to do that. So, so. I uh, get a chance to uh, visit with... Um, uh, the Arkansas Real Estate Commission, and I get every year I, I go there in October, and they they tell us here's some of the things that we're going to be pushing out, and then the Arkansas Realtor Association, which is a different entity, and they have legal counsel, and their lawyer, his name is Tim Grooms. He says that you don't want to repeat anything that's already written down. So if the if it's already written in the contract that the offer is contingent upon financing, then you you don't want to write, hey, this offer is contingent upon financing, or this offer is contingent upon... It's already in the contract. He says that, that actually, if it ever goes to court could work against you and they could actually discount each other. And so you don't want to write something that's already in. So those things are already built in. Those are what we call contingencies. But a lot of times people think of one really big contingency, and that's the scenario that we just laid out. I have a house to sell and I haven't put it on the market yet, but I really want this house that I'm seeing in front of me. I don't have enough cash to buy it with without selling my house or... I need to get a loan and the bank won't give me two mortgages. I can't have the mortgage that I currently have and I can't, I've got to pay that off first and then buy one. So Sandy, have you ever had this experience? Have you ever uh, wrote a contingency contract before? Um, yes, several times. Yes, <laughs> I have. It's always um, nerve wracking for me. Contingencies. Um, I don't, it's a, it's a fact that you have to do it. But um, because it is so confusing sometimes for the buyer, it just gets into a lot. So hopefully today we can, you know, set a few of those uh, maybe misconceptions Absolutely. Straight. In fact, whenever I teach this, so our contract is 15 pages long, which is a really long contract. And that's why it gives us lots of topics to talk about, but it's so long. And I will tell you out of the entire contract, this topic, and this is item number 14 on the Arkansas real estate contract. I, whenever I teach this, I say, this is the most misunderstood paragraph in the entire contract, there should be a country song written after this paragraph. And if you listen to country <laughs> music, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But this is a very confusing. So option number A on four, there's 14A and then there's 14B. 14A is really easy. If, if the buyer doesn't need to sell their home, if they've got cash, which is rare, or if they've already sold their home, and they found the house, and they don't need a contingency. They just check letter A that says there is no contingency except for those listed elsewhere, which we've already mentioned a few of those other contingencies. But let's look at item B that says this real estate contract is contingent upon, and then I'm going to throw a couple words out there that the lay person, the average person does not know what we're talking about when I say this. Binding with escape clause and binding without escape clause. So Sandy, I'm a buyer. I have, I, I found the house of my dreams that I want you to write an offer on, but I have a house to sell that I have not even put on the market. So would you check binding with escape clause or binding without escape clause? Well, that's a really good question, Eric. And here's what I would do. Um, uh, truly, if you, if, 
if you want to be fair to the seller in that instance, the best thing to check is binding with escape clause. Now, if my buyer comes to me and says, this is the house of my dreams and I have to live here and I'm going to die if someone buys it out from under me, I might try to get by with the binding without escape clause Okay. with that. I'm writing the offer. It depends, you know, who am I representing? I'm representing the buyer. They want to be able to sell their home and move into this specific house. So I'm going to do my best for them, and I'm going to try binding without escape clause. Okay, so binding without escape clause means that nobody can buy the house for, out from under the first buyer, this buyer, your buyer, that no one else can do that. If someone else makes an offer, even if the seller accepts that offer, it's what we consider a backup offer and does not come into play unless this offer is terminated or completes. And if it completes, then the second offer would be terminated. So anyway, interesting scenario. And it sounds like that this is the preferred that a buyer, your buyer's going to say, well, I don't want anybody to buy the house out from under me. And you mentioned, you know, being respectful of the seller and, and uh, you know, binding with escape clause. Now, the with escape clause is an interesting, an escape clause means that somebody can get out of the deal. Right. That there there's an escape from this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk okay. about the scenario where it's binding without escape clause. So binding with escape clause. So can you kind of lay out, Sandy, some of the conditions? So does the seller take their home off the market? What happens with binding with escape clause? So binding with escape clause, the seller, uh, their home will not come off the market, but it, it will be noted in the multi multi-list service that there is a uh, contingency contract. Now, most agents, when they see that in the MLS, if they're interested in showing that property, they're going to call the listing agent and they're going to ask what the terms are, what they're looking at, and whether it's worth their time to go show it or not show it. Um, So that's kind of what we're looking at with that. Okay. So binding with escape clause is... One of those things that um, it, it's, it gives the buyer and the seller basically an escape out of the deal. If the buyer doesn't sell his house, he can, you know, I mean, it's contingent upon his home selling, but the buyer can decide whether or not to remove the contingency or not remove the contingency. And then the, the seller can continue to keep his home on the market. And when we say on the market, that means it, it's active that means that it still shows up on Zillow. So whenever a home goes under contract, we put that pending in the MLS and it stops going to Zillow. It stops going to realtor.com and buyers, when they search for houses, it won't show up in the search. And so the seller, get think about this from the seller's perspective. They are If you are asking them to put their house pending and you haven't sold your home yet, that's a, they're taking their home completely off the market. It looks like their home is not for sale, except if you drive by and you see a for sale sign there. But if you're looking online, it doesn't show up. And so their showings are going to go way down. Mm -hmm. So the, the seller's like, wait a minute, you want me to take my home off the market and hold the house for you while you go back and sell your home. So um, again, we're looking at it from now the buyer's perspective, the buyer says, I don't want anybody else to um, to come in and buy the house from me. So, okay, well, keep in mind, the seller may just laugh at you if we're in a seller's market. Right. 
right? They may just say, well, we're going to reject your offer because I will probably have my home sold in 30 days anyway. So I don't need to hold my house for you. So the seller may choose it. But let's just say the seller was going to humor or he liked your offer. You made an offer and he said, I'm going to hold my house for you. And so you do binding without escape clause, which is the second one. And he takes his home off the market. The downside for the buyer to checking the second one, binding with escape clause, I'm sorry, without escape clause, would be that the um, buyer has to move forward like he was buying the house, even though he hasn't sold his house. Right. He has to do a home inspection. Mm -hmm. He has to uh, apply for his loan, which means that he's going to have to do a an appraisal right. for his property. Guess what that does? That costs money. Mm -hmm. The buyer has to... Uh, home inspections are between three and $500, depending on how large the house is. A, an appraisal is $500. So the buyer's going to put forth $1,000 to $1,500 without even knowing whether their home is sold yet. So that would be the downside, but no one could buy the house out from under them. Right. But if the buyer says, hey, uh, I don't want to get stuck with uh, doing a home inspection and appraisal and all of that stuff, and then I don't have my home sold, and then I lose the deal, I'm out that money. So it's a little bit, you kind of need to understand the consequence of both of these items. So let's go back to the first option, binding with escape clause. So the downside to the buyer is that the home continues to be on the market. It shows active on Zillow, it shows active on realtor.com. Another buyer could come in and make an offer. And if the seller accepts that offer, the first option forces the first buyer, your buyer, to either remove the contingency, which means that now the offer is not contingent on your home selling, which most buyers can't do, or they need to say, I can't do that. And then they just terminate the contract. Then the second buyer gets it. We call this a first right of refusal, meaning the first buyer can decide what happens. However, the buyers usually can't get two mortgages. That's the reason why they made a contingency offer to begin with. So I know this is all confusing. And even as I'm talking about it, it's, it's confusing. But we're looking at a buyer who has not even put their home on the market. They want to buy one. So it is highly likely that the seller, first of all, isn't going to accept binding without escape clause, the second one. They're going to probably only take the first one, if even that. Now, a builder doesn't even normally take that. They won't even they don't they don't want a contingency because their the demand for new construction is really high. So anyway, so binding with escape clause allows the seller to continue to show the property, but it does discourage some buyers from coming in and look a second or third buyer may say, ah, I don't want to get into this because there's already a contingency contract and maybe they maybe they don't want to get into that. So it does discourage some buyers, but from the seller's perspective, it stays on the market. It can continue to show it. So the seller can now say, I'm going to keep the home on the market. I've got this buyer over here on the side, continue to show have showings. And if another contract comes in and they accept that contract, now what happens? You know, I just, I just told you the, the first buyer has to decide whether to remove the, con the, con the contingency or not remove the contingency. That's the downside, but it still gives them the first right, right? Okay, so Cole, does that make sense? Did you have any questions about that as we were going through that? Uh, well, I, I did, but you really answered all the questions. I was just going to tell the listeners out there, even though I'm a realtor, 
I'm still learning this stuff each and every day as you know as we all are but this stuff made no sense to me at first before I became a realtor so it, it it's uh, it's nice that we have that information out for the people yeah so it, it the the probability of the seller accepting option one binding uh, with escape clause is higher than them uh, accepting the second option okay now so when does the second option come into play so uh, there's a scenario that um, so what's the other scenario? A buyer has it, has it sold their home. Let's say they're in California. They put their home up for sale, and then they accept a contract on their house. Then they come shopping. Mm-hmm. Now, now we've got a little bit different scenario. Right. What would you do, Sandy, in that situation? Binding without escape clause for sure, because those people are coming. Their their house is under contract. Everything is moving forward. It's looking good. And they don't want to put an offer on a home only to have it sold out from under them, you know, and and have to go shop again. So they would rather know that that's the home that they're going to purchase, binding right. without escape clause. Right. So, so let's just back up so that our listeners are following us here. If you're a buyer and you have not put your home in the market, but you find your dream home, you're most likely, and again, there's always exceptions to every rule, you're most likely going to say binding with escape clause. Because number one, you don't want to spend money before, uh, you don't want to spend money before your home is under contract or sold, right? right? So you don't want to do that. So the paragraph says the first one, binding with escape clause at the very, very last uh, couple sentences says that all time constraints. Now, what's a time constraint? Well, the buyer has 10 business days to do a home inspection. That's a time constraint. The buyer has to apply for his loan within five business days, within seven calendar days, five business days. That's a time constraint. All of those are suspended with option number one. The buyer doesn't have to do a home inspection. They don't have to do an appraisal. They don't have, I mean, they don't even have to apply for their loan. So if the seller accepts it, they get to keep their home on the market, but then the buyer doesn't have to. It doesn't have to do anything until his home goes under contract. Now, let's talk about that. Whenever a home goes under contract, let's talk about the time constraints. We are now in a what I call a timeline. Your buyer says, I've got my home under contract. I want to buy this house. If you choose option number one or the seller insists on option number one, the real problem, and you mentioned it, the real problem is they can become homeless really easy. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And who wants to be homeless? I mean, or who wants to live out of a hotel? And a lot of people can't. What do they do with their furniture? What, what all the, they've got all these problems. So if they say, uh, I've, I'm on a timeline, my buyer for my house is doing a home inspection on this date, and we're supposed to close on this date. What if you get a week before that closing, and then the seller for the home that they're wanting to buy gets another offer and they accept it? It forces you to remove the contingency, which you can't do. You can't have two. Your bank's already said you can't have two mortgages. So now you have to terminate. And now you've got your home under contract. It's going to close next week and you have nowhere to go. Right. Okay. So does that make sense to you, Cole? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you so much. So let me just, uh, and again, I teach this all the time. That's why I, I uh, have so many long-winded answers because um, I will tell you that for me to remember how I remember this is that if a buyer does not have their home on the market 
they're going to choose option number A, or the first option. It's not A, it's one I, but uh, they're going to choose B, one I, which says it's binding with escape clause because they're not on a timeline. They haven't even put their home on the market yet, and they don't want to spend money that they're going to lose on this property, and the seller most likely is not going to even consider their offer. However, if their house is under contract, so if the buyer's home, if you, your buyer says, hey, I want, to, I want this house, I haven't sold my house. Well, do you have your house under contract? Is, is there a timeline that you have to follow? If there is, then you want binding without escape clause because you can't afford to be homeless, right? Right. So anyway, it's a very interesting scenario. So if you're out there and you're listening and you are a buyer and you say, I found the house. So is your house, your current house that you're living in, wherever that is, is it currently under contract or is it not? If it's not, you want to know binding with escape clause. And if it is, you are on a timeline. You've got to follow that timeline. So you therefore would do binding without escape clause because you don't want any other buyer to buy the house out from under you. So really interesting. And I will tell you, it's something that I have to have this talk with the buyer. So all the things that we just talked about, I've got to go through with my buyer and make sure they understand because it can be really hard. Now, I had one time, I always like to tell stories, I had one time, and this was probably the first five years of my real estate license, where the buyer made an offer and he had a home to sell, but he felt very confident that he could sell his house before because he was he was putting out there a nine-month, he made an offer it was a for sale by owner, by the way, too. But he made an offer to the seller. And he said, hey, I'll pay you this for the house, but I need nine months. And he goes, I'm, he goes, let's put the closing out nine months. And he thought, for sure, I'll be able to sell my house in nine months. Well, guess what happened? The worst thing happened, he, and he put up $10,000 earnest money. Well, guess what happened? He got, we got to a 30 days before closing when he should have been doing this stuff, and his house wasn't sold. His, his current house wasn't sold. And he said, and he, he tried to renegotiate the seller. He goes, no, $10,000. And so the buyer did not close because he couldn't remove the contingency. The seller got the $10,000. Now, it ended up being okay. It was really the only time that I really felt like I was going to be sued because the buyer was really upset and he lost $10,000. Fortunately, <laughs> right after the time constraints ran out on the contract, the buyer sold his house. And he renegotiated with the seller, and the seller gave him gave him credit for the ten thousand dollars. So I wiped the sweat off my brow and said, "Thank you, God, right. <laughs> that yes. the buyer sold his house because otherwise, that buyer he worked for I think it was General Motors, and he had free legal counsel. I mean, I had no doubt that he was going to end up suing me. And anyway, it was a scary thing, but my I learned a big lesson. I said, I really needed to understand this paragraph and be able to explain it really well to my client. So. Right. And so that's what that experience was all about. It was a teaching moment. That's right. And which we go through so many times in our industry. Yes. <laughs> and fortunately, it didn't cost me anything, but yeah. it could have cost me $10,000. It could have cost me a lot of money. So anyway, right. so I wanted to make sure that you're clear on it, Cole. Any questions or anything like that that came up for you? Uh, no, sir. I really, before, you know, we started doing this, I didn't really understand the escape with, with the escape clause and then without the escape clause. But now I feel really good about I think it. Think you could explain oh, it to yes, anybody? Yes, sir. Good. Absolutely. Good. 
All right, so let me, I'm going to quiz you here real fast. I'm going to test you. So if I'm a buyer and I do not have my home under contract, I, I haven't even put it on the market yet, but I found the house I want. You're my agent. Would you do binding with escape clause or binding without escape clause? Binding with escape clause. Very good. Yay. <laughs> so anyway, Sandy, any other added comments or anything like that about contingencies? Um, no, not really. I was sharing with Cole before we started the podcast that, you know, really it's something that you have to, it's one of those things that you learn as you go. And as you go through it, you certainly become more comfortable with it. It's just a matter of being able to explain it to your client so that they understand it. Yes, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining me with the, uh, the conversation again. It's always fun to talk about real estate because I know we're in real estate, but if you are listening and you are looking for a house, you need a professional. Like I said, our contract is 15 pages long. And so you need someone to help you through that. That is what we are for. So reach out to us. You can go to our website at hutchrealty.com where you can view the profiles of all of our agents. We would love to help you. If you are a seller and you say, hmm, I might I don't understand that contingency clause. I really would have needed someone to explain that to me too. So uh, if you need a realtor to give you an evaluation and to help you through the negotiating of your house, that is what we do. So hope that things are going well for you guys. You can always reach out to me at info at hutchrealty.com. You can visit our website. No matter what, we wish you the very best. May God bless you and may God bless your home.